When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hi everyone, I'm Deb Flaschenberg. Welcome to Yoga Birth Babies, a podcast produced by Prenatal Yoga Center. We will be diving into everything prenatal yoga, birth, and baby related, hoping to inspire, educate, and empower you through your journey into motherhood. Thank you for listening. Hi, I'm Deb Flaschenberg, and I'm your host of Yoga Birth Babies. And today we have a community birth story. Erin Amato came on and talked about her birth. For her second baby, she chose to have a home birth. And she talks all about her decision-making. She talks about how she wanted to bring her first child, her older daughter, into the experience. She talked about the support she had from her midwife and how she was really able to feel supported as for the decisions that she made. One of my favorite things she talked about was wanting to be in the birth tub and spending a good portion of her birth in the tub. And then when she was done, she was done and she got back into her bed. And it was just a lovely image I had of how her birth unfolded. I've been making a conscious effort to increase our birth stories on the podcast is because I want to celebrate all the different ways in which people can choose to birth and all the different scenarios that unfold from a surgical birth to twin births to a home birth and that there's no right choice. What's really important to highlight is there are choices and the choice that is right is the choice that is right for you, where you feel safest, where you feel most seen and where you feel that you are most supported. And so to Today, we're going to talk about home birth. Before we get to that, I just want to remind you guys about what's happening with classes right now. So just a little bit of a snapshot of where we are in time. We're having quite the spike of COVID in New York City. So for now, the studio is still open for in-person classes. I hope it stays that way, but we have made a commitment to continuing our class offerings. So while we may have to close the studio for a small time, we still are going to have our classes at least online. Hopefully we will be able to keep our offerings of in-person and online, but we've made a commitment that this community is really important and seeing you and serving you during this time where you may feel disconnected from community and your loved ones, that we're going to still show up for you. So you can check out our website, prenatalyogacenter.com, and you can enroll and take our classes. We can still be here for one another. And while you're on that website, go over to where I have a free downloadable. It's called Five Simple Solutions to the Most Common Pregnancy Pains and grab it. So if you can't make it to class, you got a sheet that's going to give you some direction on what to do if you do have some aches and pains. And even though it says pregnancy, you 100% can apply that to postpartum because I know you got some aches and pains from that as well. We're also making a change in what we've decided to do for our teacher training. So I've been saying that we're going to do March and April back in person, but taking a look at where we are right now in this pandemic, we're going to keep that one online as well. So there's a few spots left for January and February, but then we've also opened online for March and April. So if you've been listening to this podcast or you're just super interested in a very in-depth evidence-based yoga teacher training, prenatal yoga, then I've got you covered. Check that out as well at prenatalyogacenter.com. And then the last thing I'm going to do is just say thank you. For those that have come on and left a rating and review, I know your time is valuable and I know it takes some effort to come to the podcast on either Apple Podcasts or Spotify, wherever you're listening to, and leaving a rating and review. I appreciate it. It helps people find us and I appreciate you and your time for doing that. You know, I said that was our last thing, but I lied because I forgot. I want to give a shout out to our partner, uh, Boober. They are doing our childbirth ed and our newborn and lactation prep classes, and I've really enjoyed working with them. And I want to just tell you a little bit about them. So if you're looking for lactation support, birth doula, mental health therapist, postpartum doulas, if you go to get 
boober.com and use the code PYC, you're going to get 10% off your first service. And one thing you'll notice in this conversation, Aaron talks a lot about the support of having a doula, which is obviously something I love. And I just want to point out that 10% off your first service can be getting 10% off your birth doula at getboober.com. All right, now I'm really going to stop talking. We're going to take a quick break and we come back. Please enjoy my conversation with Aaron. Erin, I am so excited to speak with you. How are you? Hi, Deb. I'm good. How are you? I'm doing great. It is so great to see you on the other side of this whole thing, because I remember seeing you throughout your pregnancy in the studio, and I was really taken by you know how you did go a little further past your due date, but then also just your commitment to showing up and taking care of yourself and hearing about how you planned your birth. So I'm really thrilled that you're okay with me putting on air your birth story. Yay. Yeah, I'm excited. And it it feels good to be on the other side of it too. (laughs) It does, doesn't it? No, nothing to those that are pregnant, but it might feel really nice when when the situation is was done. I guess before we um, hear about your birth story, which I'm excited about, I would love if you can just tell me a little bit about you. Yeah, for sure. I... I was born and raised on the Jersey Shore, so that's where I hail from, and um, now I live in Harlem with my husband and now our two daughters, and I'm a high school math teacher, so I've been teaching in New York City. This is my seventh school year. Um, Yeah, so that's sort of where I came from and where I'm at now. How was it? I was going to say, how was it teaching during the pandemic? Um, you know, it was when my first daughter was born, um, in, in February of 2020, uh, my school went remote, but I was on maternity leave. And like mm. a part of me was feeling, uh, weirdly a little bit of jealousy that, that my colleagues were learning remote instruction. And I was like, wow, there's some really cool things that you could do in that setting, Lo and behold, I got a whole year of remote teaching <laughs> because the, the pandemic is still ongoing. Yeah. Um, so, you know, although there were a couple bright moments where I got to do some really creative lessons online, um, it was it was really hard. You know, kids are the best part about being a teacher. So it was really hard not to get to have those moments of saying hi in the hallway. And um, that's the best part. So it was tough. And then with <laughs> your first child being born February 2020 and then your other daughter being born like about a month, month and a half ago, you've only known parenthood during a pandemic. That is true. That is true. Wow. That's, I know. That's a lot to take in. Is that yeah. one of the reasons that, I guess we'll talk about the home birth choice in a few minutes, but I'm wondering if that was one of the reasons that you it, chose it that direction? Actually. No, it really wasn't. I mean, the first few, first maybe month or two um, with my first daughter in in February and March and April of 2020, that was really tough because, you know, my husband and I, we imagined having support through having a newborn and we were so excited to share her with our family and we just couldn't. It was just, we were just alone with her. So it was it was not what I was expecting and it was a unique experience, but this time around that really wasn't a factor in, um, in our choice. I was curious. So I'll go, I'll ask you a little more in detail, but I'd love to hear how did you prepare for this pregnancy differently than your first? Yeah, that's a great question. Um, I think the biggest difference would be, um, the, the work that we did to prepare our daughter, uh, we were planning a home birth and we knew that she may be a part of that or around for some or all of that. Um, and we wanted to make sure she knew what to expect and what was going to happen. So we read a lot of books with her about um, some home birth stories and we practiced making noise like mommy would make when she's in labor, <laughs> which is hysterical because my almost two-year-old can, you know, I'd say if we talk about it, she just starts moaning. Very- <laughs> it's like that movie and dog birth. Uh. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, 
And yeah, you know, just kind of, I think the transition the second time, she was my, my main concern and um, talking to her about what it would be like during the birth and after the birth, you know, mommy will need rest. Mommy will be in the bed. Um, so that sort of thing was, was definitely a priority. And then what else did we do differently to prepare, um, this time around, we still took a birth class, a quick refresher, which was great. And, um, you know, instead of packing a hospital bag and thinking about how to make yourself comfortable at the hospital, um, we got to just think about what we might need at home. Mm -hmm. Um, so did you have a doula for both? I know you for your second, but what about your first? Yeah, we had the same doula for both, which kind of an interesting story there. Um, our doula with our firstborn was amazing. We loved her so much. Um, and during the pandemic, she moved out of state. So when we found out we were pregnant with our second daughter, I reached out to her asking for a recommendation in the city um, since she had been a doula there for so many years. And she she is so funny. She said, I really want to be your doula. I wonder if there's a way we could make this work. Um, so a couple of weeks went by and she, uh, made a plan to host a doula training in the city in the fall. And she took on a couple other clients in the city in the fall. So she just planned like about one month period where she would be around. Um, and she was our doula again. She was there for the birth of our second daughter, which was incredible. Who was Talk it? about amazing support. It was Francie Webb. <gasps> See, that's right, because she lived up in Harlem. Yeah, yeah, that's actually, you know, when we were talking with um, Duelists the first time around, that's, we were like, we love her, and she's so close, so. She is, she's great. I could see her being such a calming and yet also comic relief doula, because <laughs> she's, she's <laughs> <Yes>. hilarious. <laughs> oh my goodness. I, I'm like, I can't give birth without you, and, and then she came. She came from Virginia to be there. It was so amazing. And then, of course, you know, she had to stay extra long because that's how it all went down. But (laughs) Oh, wow. Oh, I love hearing that story. So tell me a little bit about what prompted you to explore having a home birth this time. It was our doula, Francie. I'll Mm. give her all the credit there. (laughs) Um, She, you know, she said, have you thought about having a home birth? And I said, I mean, yeah, I've thought about it, but we had a really great experience at the hospital the first time around. So I sort of felt originally I felt, I know what that is like. That's comfortable to me, something Mm -hmm. I've already done before. And that's where we'll be again. And she said, if there is any part of you that thinks you might be interested, I just want you to talk with this midwife um, and, you know, just talk with her. It can't hurt. And she said, but I warn you, if you talk with her, you're going to want to have a home birth. So I said, okay. (laughs) And she was right. (laughs) Um, After my husband and I met with who ended up being our midwife, we really felt um, that that was going to be the the right match for us. We felt really excited about it and we felt just comfortable doing it. Yeah. Well, Tanya is also really, really special, special person. I, um, she and I went to college together, so I've known her quite a while. She's, she's been on the podcast a couple of times too, but she is a very special midwife and a very special person. And she doesn't live that far from you as well. Yeah. All of those things are true. Yes. <laughs> So you if you think you might want a, a home birth, don't talk to Tanya or, or you'll be having a home birth. <laughs> so what did you notice the difference? Because you said you were happy with your hospital experience. And I'm guessing, was it an OBGYN at the hospital or was it a midwife there too? It was an OBGYN. So um, what did you notice the difference between working with an OBGYN compared to um, a midwife? Yeah. And like I did say, we, we had a really positive experience at the hospital and all throughout our, our prenatal care there. Um, but you hear so many stories about, you know, things that can happen at the hospital that just where care providers are maybe a little bit pushier or more insistent um, and may just be anxious to speed up labor or 
um, intervene with labor for one reason or another. Um, so although we, we had a positive experience, I did have sort of that fear factor of like, what if I'm giving birth? I'm at the hospital. My OBGYN isn't there. And, you know, it's one of her partners who I met one time and, and I'm sort of seeing the side of them now that I don't know. Mm-hmm. Um, so that was definitely another factor in our decision. Um, and I think, you know, the main difference about the, the care with the home birth midwife um, and OBGYN, I just, I really felt like I was being, my whole person was, was being taken care of. Um, my, my mental health, my physical health, my baby's health, my family's health, um, just the, the interest for everyone to be happy and, and comfortable and set up for success. Um, mm-hmm. I just felt it throughout the whole, the prenatal care and the birth itself and the postpartum care. I mean, the accessibility, just being able to text a quick question and get a response. I mean, that's, to me, that was so valuable. Yeah. You don't feel like you have to, you feel really, at least I'm going to speak for myself. I had the same thing with my midwife and I felt very seen and I felt that I wasn't being a pest. If I had a question, it would get answered as and with a recognition of, I'm a little nervous about this. And with a quick response, it just and it made me feel taken care of. So I'm wondering yeah. if that's similar. Yeah. So yeah, I would definitely agree with that. What was it that, I'm, I'm really curious, again, Tanya, Tanya <laughs> Wills, I'll make sure she's in our show notes. Um, she's the midwife. What was it that was appealing? Like when you spoke with her, you're like, oh, yes, 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 I want, I want this. I guess I have to say first that I've always been sort of, I'm, I'm a worrier. Okay, so like I'm the person that maybe has a headache and all day is worrying that it's a brain tumor. Like that's just my nature. And although I've worked hard to to move away from that sort of thinking, I think um, being pregnant, giving birth, having a newborn, those are sort of triggers for me that make that thinking really come back. So one reason that I was like, I'm not having a home birth was because I'm like, you know, I don't want to die in my bedroom basically. Um, and as irrational as that is, it was like a, a thought that crossed my mind anytime someone said home birth. And after I talked to Tanya, she was just like, like any question I had, what if this happens? What if that happens? She's like, just tell, tells me how she can fix it. And I'm like, oh my gosh, she can do anything, you know? She's like, oh, that happened. You know, that happens. I've, I've handled that so many times. And just her, her calm finesse, um, you know, she has everything that the hospital has. She really can help you through all of that, through any situation. So I just felt so much confidence after talking to her. <laughs> I felt I'll be better off with her. Yeah, no, I was curious. That's wonderful. So yeah. we're going to take a super quick break. But when we come back, I'm just going to let you take the stage. And I want to hear your birth story, which is great because I'm hearing little chirps from from the result of your birth story from your second daughter. <laughs> Yes, I am. I'm here holding my five-week-old, so that's that noise. All right, we'll be right back. What's the easiest choice you can make? Window instead of middle seat? Picking a vendor who sends a great gift basket? Outsourcing business tasks you hate? What about selling with Shopify? Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage, Shopify is there to help you grow. Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell. Wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify's got you covered. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash try. Go to shopify.com slash try now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash try. Okay, the floor is yours. I'm excited to hear your whole story. All right. Uh, my story starts 12 days late. <laughs> uh, both my daughter, both of my daughters were born 12 days 
um, after their, their due date. Um, and, you know, I think looking back, I feel like I should have learned the lesson the first time around. I should have, you know, better known what to expect um, in terms of going past your duty and how that feels emotionally. And nope, I really just let my emotions have that same roller coaster ride um, the second time around. <laughs> so, you know, a week past my due date, I started having some contractions at night for a couple hours. They would disappear. And that feeling, um, that feeling is so frustrating at that point in, in time when you're 41 weeks pregnant and expecting to meet your baby and the contractions start and you feel that excitement. You feel, this is it. This might be it. What if this is it? And then a couple hours later, you are just having a regular day. <laughs> um, and it feels disappointing. It feels like, oh my goodness, you know, every time I would come to, to yoga, I'm like, my baby's never coming out. And then you would say, they always come out. <laughs> so <laughs> We've never left one you in. Know. They always come out. <laughs> Both times, I think I had to have the, you know, the same the same talk in class, which is so funny. Um, so I, I would just, you know, it started off, the, the labor started off emotional and feeling frustrated for a couple of days. It really happened for almost four days, a couple um, periods of contractions for several hours. Um, and let's see, it was a Thursday midday. I was feeling some contractions and then I lost my mucus plug and I text my midwife and I text my doula um, and my midwife said, you know, she said, I can't promise anything, but I think your baby's going to be here in 24 hours. When you, when you lose your mucus plug on se second, um, baby, you know, she's like, this is normally how it goes. So, um, that was sort of exciting, but at that point I was, you know, nervous to have my hopes up for anything. Um, and that night I was having trouble sleeping, because of some light contractions. And at one point I thought they were picking up and I even called her and she said, okay, you know, call me if, if, if it picks up anymore, if it changes. And I ended up falling asleep for a couple hours. So when I woke up in the morning, I was just, um, you know, you know, crying at, at certain moments and just, I can't believe that it's not happening. And it was a really rainy morning. It was pouring rain. Um, and my husband said, why don't you try to go for a walk, um, to see if that changes anything. And I said, I don't, didn't want to go by myself. So I talked him into going with me. Um, our incredible nanny thankfully was with us. She comes a couple mornings a week and I feel like we hit the jackpot that she happened to be there at this particular morning. We went for a walk and on the walk I was, you know, like having to, to pause stop walking and starting to make some noise, um, for a couple contractions. And we got home. I took a shower and I noticed that in the shower, I had three contractions that I was making noise through. And I thought that I hadn't been in the shower very long. So I called my midwife to tell her that. And she said, great, I'm coming over. And she was on speakerphone. And my husband was shaking his head and like making the no sign. And I was like, yeah, we don't, I'm like, you do not need to come. I'm perfectly fine. I'm, I'm managing. It's really light. She said, I'm on my way. And I kind of was like, I'm like laughing. I'm like, what are you going to do when you're here? You're going to be sitting here all day. Um, and I called my doula to tell her the same thing. You know, I said, I, I just called Tanya and I told her this and she said, she's coming. And my doula said, oh, this is so cute. You're in denial. <laughs> She's like, this is classic second time labor denial. I was like, no, really, I'm fine. Nobody, you know, I'll call you when I need you. She said, I'm putting on my coat. I'll tell you by the time they both arrived at my apartment, I'm so happy they were there. <laughs> it was, it was, you know, it was exactly, uh, they were both right. <laughs> they, seems like they might know a little bit more than me. Um, so yeah, that was maybe like around 9am that we called them. And by 10am, they were both there and we were setting up the birth tub. Um, and I was really having to focus my energy, um, on, on managing the contractions when they came. Um, and 
it was funny because the tub was something I said I didn't think I wanted. <laughs> and if anyone else out there is, is debating about doing the tub, do the tub. <laughs> uh, <laughs> um, yeah, it, it was it was so incredible. Um, How much time do you spend in the tub? Um, like about an hour and a half in there. Wow. Um, and they were they were saying get in the tub, and I was like, I don't think I need to get in the tub yet. And um, as soon as as soon as I got in there, it really felt great, felt a lot of relief. Um, and that, you know, that was maybe around, I think, 11 o'clock I got in there. And from that point on, I was just, um, yeah, really focused. Um, you know, the, the feeling like of, you know, having that break in between contractions and feeling a little bit scared for the next one to come. Mm -hmm. But like, as soon as it came feeling like excited that it was going to end and I was going to have a break. (laughs) So having all of these like emotions and just a matter of a couple of minutes. Um, and you know, they really, it was so hands off my midwife and my doula and, and her assistant, they were just in our kitchen space. My husband and I were in our bedroom and he was just, helping me holding his hand I think yeah it might have turned into biting his hand <laughs> as things progressed I was, after the birth I was like was I biting you he's like yeah a little bit <laughs> like, I'm really sorry about that um yeah and she and and you know then right at the end things really picked up I'm like you know how do you know when she's coming out so I kept saying is she coming out right now <laughs> And Tanya's like, no. I'm like, how do you know? She's like, I can just tell. It'll be a couple more minutes. And I'm like screaming like a little bit louder. I'm like, oh, yes, happening now. <laughs> and my daughter came. My daughter was out for a walk in the rain. I think I think emotionally I was like um, waiting for her to come home. I was like, I kept saying, where where is she? It's raining out. Where are they? Um, our nanny had taken her for um, a walk because things were so crazy in our apartment. Um, and as soon as I heard them come in, I, you know, I had a contraction and I could hear my daughter saying, mommy, mommy, mommy. And I was like, oh no, like she's worried about me. I'm being so loud. Um, and a couple more contractions passed and I just heard her playing at that point. She was like, whatever, whatever the noise was, she had adjusted and she was used to it. And I could hear her saying hi, you know, to the friendly faces in our apartment, like, Another amazing thing about my midwifery care was that my daughter knows Tanya and she went to a couple appointments with us and she knew who was going to come over to help the baby out. So um, I heard them all greeting my daughter and she, I heard her feeling happy. Um, And I think that that's like the point where I really started to relax. And um, then, yeah, my daughter was born at 1244 PM. um, So it wasn't long long after all that. And as soon as, um, she was born, I asked, I asked where my older daughter was and my husband showed me on the baby monitor that she was asleep. (laughs) So she was in in the other room, slept through, slept through the last, you know, 20 minutes of labor. Um, and I just felt so much relief at that moment, so much relief. Um, and, you know, when the baby came out, she, she did have her cord wrapped around her neck. Um, and in the moment, I didn't know, know too much about what was going on. And it all happened so fast. She, you know, she came out, we held her up. She took, she took, my midwife took the cord off. And within a moment, she was, you know, crying and, and doing just great. But, the, you know, I watched the video um, of the birth and it's, it's just so incredible to see, um, to watch my midwife and watch her expressions. And you can see her body language change when she notices the cord and she just says, okay, I'm going to give me one good push right now. And she just is so calm and she just, um, removes the cord and she's smiling through the whole thing and she holds the baby up. And, um, it was, it was just so incredible. And then I got out of the tub and I got in my bed. <laughs> and that was the best part. I knew it would be the best part. And it was the best part. And my husband could sit in the bed next to me. There was no hospital bed involved. And for me, the, those creature comforts were really, it felt great. And the, the, the hours after that, it really did. 
Um, Where did you deliver the placenta? Were you in your bed for that? Were you still in the tub? I was in my bed for that. I really, I, it was weird. I wanted to get out of the tub. Like I felt a little like loosey goosey holding Uh the baby in there. I was kind of like, I was like, get me. I was there like, do you want to get out? I was like, yes, please help me out of here. Um, and like the tub was like the best thing ever. And then I immediately wanted to get out and I, and then I got into my bed. So it was great. And then it was even better. (laughs) That sounds, oh, I love hearing that story. I could visualize the whole thing. And you know, I'm, I'm all for however people want to birth, but I feel like sometimes home birth gets, um, a bad rap of like the midwife isn't prepared and you're kind of left on your own. But I, I appreciate that you shared really, um, the capability of the midwife and, and how you felt taken care of and how you felt safe. I think that is an important thing for anyone and how they birth is things will, unfold better if someone feels safe where they are. So for some people, a home birth may not feel safe and they're going to feel freaked out the whole time. And that's not going to lead to a very functional birth or others you might feel actually more anxious in a hospital. You know, so I think what really stood out to me is just how cared for and how safe you felt and how that allowed birth to unfold. So that was, that was delightful to hear. And it was so interesting hearing you talk about your daughter and, and almost like you were holding out for her to get there. Yeah, I think I was. Yeah. I think that made me feel that's like at the moment where I started to like, my mind had been on her. And as soon as she was home, I could kind of just give all of my energy to, to what I was doing. And, and then it came from there. How did you end up introducing your older daughter to your younger daughter? Did she wake up pretty soon thereafter? Um, she slept, you know, she slept for maybe like another hour, an hour and a half. And, um, we had asked a a friend who, you know, a close friend to come and pick her up, um, at about two 30 when she normally wakes up from her nap. So the friend was there ready to pick her up. And, you know, my husband and I just, I looked at him and I was like, I think we might need a little bit more time. Like the tub hadn't been fully cleaned up. There was still like, um, everyone was still in and out of the room. Um, so I said, like, I was like, I think, like, let's just send her outside to play for an hour. Um, and then when she gets home, I think it will be better. So they just kind of shut the door to the bedroom and I heard them scoot her outside. And I'm so, so, so glad that we did that because just having that a little bit of more time, like, mm-hmm. um, yeah, when she came home, the uh, our midwife, our doula, the assistant, they had all cleared out. Everything was put away. Our apartment felt so calm. I mean, you would have never, ever, ever known what happened there that day, um, which is just unbelievable. And she came home and she climbed right up into our bed. And um, my doula had actually suggested um, not holding the baby when my daughter came to meet her. Um, so I'm, I'm glad that I had that piece of advice. We just had her laying in the middle of the bed and I was just sitting there and she climbed right up into my arms and and we looked at the baby and we talked about the day. Um, and it was incredible. She was, she just, you know, pointing at her eyes, nose, mouth. She was just like kind of looking at her body and saying all that she could see, which was really cute. That was really sweet. What a wonderful way to introduce this new member of your family to your, to your daughter. I love that. I also, I also appreciate that you shared about the story that the baby had the cord around the neck because it's something I know a lot of people fear. It's about a third of babies actually have a nuchal cord. My daughter too had that. And I didn't know until after kind of like the same thing that you had where the baby came out and and the midwife kind of just like, I think she said she like somersaulted her out and removed the cord. Um, But hearing that that can be handled at a home birth, I think can also take some of the fear away from that. So thanks for sharing that. When did you realize it? Was it after or during? It was, I think in the moment, once she, once she came out, my midwife said, and she has the cord wrapped around her neck. I'm just going to remove it. Mm. And I think I said something like, is she okay? Is she okay? Um, and my midwife said, yeah, she's going to take a breath right now. And then like within seconds, she, she did. And it was like, you know, I didn't even have time to have like the full rush of adrenaline or panic. (laughs) I'm like, Oh, 
yeah, okay, it's over. <laughs> it was uh, over before it started, which was which was really cool. And, you know, it was weird. It was kind of, we didn't talk about this, Deb, but um, from about like 32 to 35 weeks, the baby was breech. Um, oh, yes. And Heather, that was, you're, you're not yeah. going to talk about that. I'm like, yes, we did. <laughs> I know. Well, yeah. <laughs> I did on the it podcast. Have, I know. It hasn't come up yet. It has not come up yet um, yeah. in, in yeah. the story. Um, but that was, you know, I had listened to a couple other home birth stories, um, and I had the ECV, mm-hmm. um, and, and it was successful, and and she was flipped no problem. But, you know, in the back of my mind, I, I had heard, like, that that's, you know, maybe increases the risk of, of the cord being wrapped around the baby's neck. Mm-hmm. Um, and so that was sort of like a little bit of a fear of mine. And, you know, who knows? It could It could have been from that. And it could have been, you know, it could be totally unrelated to that. We'll never know. I'll never know. Right. Um, but I guess the part of me, when it happened, I was kind of like, I felt like that was going to happen. I don't know how to explain it. Mm. Um, yeah. Of course, if it didn't happen, I, I would have never thought about it again. <laughs> but I had just like sort of that moment there. Um but let's also talk about that because I know I remember in class when your baby was breech and doing all the spinning babies and we talked a lot about that and I remember when baby did turn head down. Since you had been working with a home birth midwife and planning for that, how what was happening in your mind about the backup plan? Um, I'm assuming was Tanya going to deliver if the baby was breech or what was your backup plan? Yeah, she was she was willing to. Um and she had, you know, she said, said she would bring another midwife with her, someone that um, is first for additional hands and additional support. Um, <clears throat> and the midwife she was going to bring, I think, um, delivers vaginal breech babies maybe more often than your average practitioner. Um, so, yeah, she definitely, you know, one thing that is so amazing about Tanya is that she just presents you with all of the options. Mm -hmm. So she just presented that as an option. We never really got to the point where we had to decide what we were going to do because, Mm -hmm. um, the ECV was successful. Um, but that was definitely an option for us. I don't know if it's what I would have went for. Um, I think that, if the baby was breached, I might have felt more comfortable with Tanya in a hospital setting, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, at 32, you know, I went, I think I went at 30 weeks for a, for a quick checkup and everything looked great. I went back at 32 weeks and her head was down and Tanya said, Hmm, you know, she's like, let's just wait, wait on this. Let's monitor this. And it, you know, there's, there's nothing to do yet. At 34 weeks, she was still down and that's when, I kind of went into action with acupuncture, visiting the chiropractor. Um, it was late September. I was able to get into a friend's pool um, a couple of times. So, you know, trying to do a stand, you know, do a, a handstand <laughs> in the, pool. the pool. I love that. I know. I'm like, <laughs> oh, my goodness. Yeah. I'm like, this is going to work. This is going to work. Um, it felt great to swim. So, you know, I'm sort of thankful in a sense that I... <laughs> But that all that all happened at that point in my pregnancy. So nice. Um and I was coming to yoga frequently at that point and mm-hmm. asking you for help and going home and doing the poses that we were practicing in class. I think we had a couple flip the baby yoga classes. We did. We had a, and then we had we definitely had flip the baby and then after we had get baby engaged. So once baby was down, we did a lot, we did a lot of tip the baby into the pelvis. I remember doing those. I know I'm so lucky that that we had that we, we were gearing it just towards the, this little baby. Absolutely. Um, well, tell me what's postpartum been like. It's now five weeks out. Yeah. Wow. I think. Similar to, I, I felt like um, maybe I could have learned in my first pregnancy what it felt like to go past my due date. I feel like I uh, this time I should have been better prepared. I sort of feel the same way about postpartum. Like, I you know that the hardest part is, isn't the birth itself, but the time afterwards, regardless of like, I just feel like I put so much energy 
um, into thinking about the the birth itself and the lab- and labor and um, postpartum has been you know so much more challenging or consuming. So um, the baby part has been one thousand times easier than it was the first time around. And the having a toddler while having a newborn part has been <laughs> just something I would don't know would have never known how to prepare for, and it's been it's challenging. I mean, they both have such different needs and mm-hmm. just such different schedules, and you know, my husband is amazing, but he does not have much time off from work, so I'm sort of the point person for both of them um, during the the work day, and it's definitely tricky. Um, my toddler had, I would say, like about two weeks where I just noticed her behavior. Like she was, she was really challenging and um, more or less like she really wanted me during a lot of times and wouldn't accept help from anybody else that was around to help. And she has slowly adjusted and that sort of jealousy that you could sense um, during those initial days definitely is receding. And she's so sweet with her sister, and it's the best feeling in the world to see them together. Um, but they both still need help, and and yeah, it's I'm, hard. I'm it is hard. That. It is hard. Yeah, it's hard. I'm like, I think the first morning that I had them both by myself, um, I'm like, okay, they, you know, it was like early in the morning. They both needed a diaper change. I'm like, okay, we're both gonna lie down on the blanket and like within like six minutes they both had poop on them and I'm like there's I'm like crying I'm like how does anybody do this <laughs> um but as also as the baby is getting you know she you know we're at five weeks now and she's just a little bit more alert and spending more time awake and you know playing a little bit more on the blanket and, yeah. and that sort of thing I can feel I can feel that we're moving in a direction where it's going to be okay um it will but, be. It will be. It might take, it might have thought, ups and downs. Yeah. I that remember, first morning I was like, oh, this is never going to happen. It's literally impossible, but, but it's okay. It. I remember the very first time I took both kids out of the apartment by myself. And this sounds, uh, other people might be like, that's crazy. Like I had one, I was wearing one, the other was in the stroller. And all I was trying to do was go to, I think it was Starbucks. Cause that was only a few blocks from my house. Like I had very low expectations or it might've been Whole Foods, which was still pretty close. And my goal was just to walk out the door. And it took, of course, like an hour to get two kids rallied. But it's overwhelming. Like when you are the point person, as you said, for everything and they're little, it is overwhelming. So let's say kudos for you getting two diaper changed at the same time. (laughs) That is a big deal. (laughs) It's a really big deal. So give yourself some credit. It feels good to hear you say that. It feels good to hear you say that to know that, you know, other people have that, that yes. same feeling. And I'm like, they're both going to go to school one day, right? Like this, this will, <laughs> we'll get there. <laughs> I still to this day remember getting just out the door. It was winter. Okay. One was on my body. One was in the stroller. And as soon as I got out of the, out of the apartment building, I'm like, you're doing it. You can do like, I did almost doula myself. I'm like, you can do it. You can do it. Just keep walking. Like it is terrifying. So I hope that's supportive to you and all the parents out there that are juggling too. It is a deal changer. It really is. It's a game changer there. Yeah. I think that's my favorite moment from the podcast so far. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> All right, we're going to take another break. When we come back, is there something you learned from your first birth and move into parenthood that you did differently this time? Not just where you birthed, but kind of your process or just how you moved through it. We're going to be right back. This is the story of the one. As head of maintenance at a concert hall, he knows the show must always go on. That's why he works behind the scenes, ensuring every light is working, the HVAC is humming, and his facility shines. With Granger's supplies and solutions for every challenge he faces, plus 24-7 customer support, his venue never misses a beat. Call quickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done. Okay, so I think we all learn from our past, at least try. <laughs> 
maybe not successfully is for me. Um, is there something that you learned from your first birth or transition into parenthood that you consciously did differently this time? Yeah, I, I think, you know, I would just say worrying less <laughs> about the baby, you know, having a, a newborn for the first time is a little bit terrifying, right? They, yeah. they make noises and they do certain breathing sounds and breathing patterns where it just feels like, are they okay? Um, and I know you have an episode about, you know, <laughs> <I do. laughs> what you have, because it's so real, right? Um, you have this little tiny creature and there, there is a getting to know each other period. Um, so I think this time, um, the biggest difference are what we're, what we are doing differently. I don't know if I would say it's consciously or if it's just sort of now our nature, but things with, with baby number two are so much calmer and honestly more enjoyable in that sense, just getting to enjoy her and not feeling afraid of her or afraid for her. Um, I think it's the biggest difference. And you know, I know this isn't like a parenting choice, but she's just eating better and sleeping better. And it feels maybe, maybe that is a result of just being able to follow her cues and not worrying so much about um, following the rules, so to speak. Mm. Um, trusting yourself? Yeah. yeah, trusting ourselves and yeah, just knowing that she's, she's okay. She's peeing and pooping and eating and She's Doing all the okay. things she's supposed to do at five weeks. <laughs> yeah. How did it feel when everyone packed up and left? Like your doula, the Tanya, her assistant, and then you guys were just at home. Yeah, I felt a little bit like, please don't leave. <laughs> <laughs> I was curious. The other reason I'm asking is because I'm like, oh, as a second time parent, did she feel, you know, what was that like? Because after our first, when everyone left, we were terrified terrified. We're like, now what do we do? What do we do? We were waiting for our postpartum doula to arrive. We're like, we said to keep this baby alive for a few more hours until the postpartum doula. And our (laughs) second time, we definitely felt a little calmer, but I was wondering if you had that same, like, cause in a hospital, after you have your baby, you still have a staff around you. So if you need someone, they're there. So I was wondering if, how it felt, you know, when you were on your own. Wow. Yeah. I can't imagine the first baby being at home and that feeling that would be, uh, I, I felt what you're describing, but I would imagine it's even more exaggerated with the first. Um, when my midwife left, I just felt like, bye, I'm going to text you if I need you. And I know that you're right there and I know that you're going to answer. And I did, you know, the first couple of days I did reach out, you know, and the responses were so quick and reassuring. It was, it was just like a whole, no- it's a whole nother level of care. It's really incredible. Mm-hmm. Um, but when my doula was leaving, I just felt so happy for her because she had been, like I said, staying in New York. Um, and, you know, she was, of course, she knows that my first pregnancy went long and she knew that was a possibility this time around. But um, she was away from her family to be in the city for the things that she had planned. So I just felt so excited for her. I'm like, you know, this was sort of the last thing she had to do. and she was there for it. I was so grateful. And I was like, go home to your family. Goodbye. Thank you. And again, you know, and she's so accessible. I mean, it's incredible now, right? A couple of days in when my milk was coming in, I was sort of like having a moment, like the baby wouldn't latch. And I'm just like, I just FaceTimed her and she answered and then she helped me. So it's, it's, that's incredible. Even well, though she they also were is they were very there. good when it comes to lactation. I mean, you kind of lucked out. Francie's really good. <laughs> like I was a doula, but the lactation part was never my, my forte and Francie's really good with yeah. that. So I'm happy that you had that support. So yeah. what is one tip or piece of advice you would like to offer new or expectant parents? So you've gone through this rodeo twice. <laughs> what's, what's one thing that's <laughs> popping to your mind? The most impactful thing um, for us and for our births was having a doula. And if anyone out there is considering getting a doula or or doesn't have one yet, um, definitely do that. Uh, Francie helped us navigate our first birth in the hospital 
And I can't imagine what it would have been like if she wasn't there. Um, when you're in the hospital, there's a lot of changing faces and everyone does something, you know, everything, everyone does something sort of differently, you know, and having like that calm, consistent voice um, that really knows and um, internalized what we had hoped for um, and could remind us of that. That was, I think that's really what, when I look back at both my births, I'm just like, she is the person that, that made them as incredible and meaningful and special and positive um, as they were. So I want everyone to have that. That is beautiful. And that is a tribute also to your, to your doula and, it, it's a wonderful thing to have continuous support. And I hope it's something that everyone at some point is able to have access to that. Cause I know it's not available to everybody, but I think continuous support and it, it, whether it's a doula or a friend or like a trained doula or a friend or just someone that can support you. Continuous support is so, so, so important. Oh, Aaron, I loved hearing your story. It, I'll say selfishly, I wanted to hear it because I watched you go through a lot of this and it's always a beautiful thing to hear the other side and to see the full circle. So thank you so much for being open and sharing your story on the podcast. Thank you for having me and, and talking with me. And it feels great. I think getting a chance to tell your story is, you know, another way to process your birth. And yeah. the, the last five weeks have been a whirlwind. So it feels really nice to sit down and reflect on that. So thank you so much. I'm happy. Uh, I got a lot out of it as well. So thank oh, you. Good. I'll see you in postnatal yoga. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Yes. Sounds great. This has been an episode of Yoga Birth Babies, produced by Prenatal Yoga Center. You can catch us on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and Periscope. I'm Deb Flaschenberg. Thanks for listening. If you own a vehicle with less than 200,000 miles and have an auto warranty about to expire or no warranty coverage at all, listen up. CarShield has a low-cost, month-to-month vehicle protection plan that covers more parts than ever. Visit carshield.com audio to find out how you could pay almost nothing for covered auto repairs. Drivers who activate this vehicle protection today will also receive free roadside assistance, free towing, and car rental options at no additional cost. Get your free quote today at carshield.com audio. That's carshield.com audio.